Welcome to Generation C, a podcast by Cobus, where we explore creativity, growth, and the good life. My name is Julius. And my name is Carl. And today we are speaking with Carsten Kemps, and we are sitting uh, at his place and in his studio to, uh, to try to record uh, the podcast in a new setting. And, uh, and Carsten, you, uh, you're the, the CEO of, of Sonic Minds, uh, a Sonic branding agency where you, uh, you help companies develop like sound identities and bring them to life across channels. But you're also a drummer and a DJ. That's great. Um, how, uh, how does this play together? Well, actually, I started as a musician. I still call myself and identify myself as a musician. I'm a drummer, but I also have an education in software development. But that came after while I was playing drums professionally. So my father was also a professional drummer, so I've been brought into music and played music all my life. So it's a um, combination of of marketing, communication, and music I have created with this audio branding topic. Because when I started, there were no such things as audio branding agencies in, in Denmark. I started back in 2000, and I think it was four or five, I think actually, or six, I don't recall, it's almost 20 years ago. But at that time, there weren't any agencies in Denmark. Uh, I think there perhaps was one other in in Julian. Uh, then there was this guy called Michael Jackson. Not that Michael Jackson, but he was <laughs> in, in in London who wrote one book. But that was it. So it was a, it was very early days of the audio branding uh, topic, so to say. How, how do you manage to bridge from like your background and interest in music, and then into uh, commercially helping brands doing? That's uh, a good sound? question. Uh, I was actually working as a um, web developer at a, on an agency and when it came to using sound and music for different um, yeah, films or whatever you need to do uh, there weren't any responsible for the sound it was kind of like you know uh, hey, we have a DJ or we have a guy who can just do the sound hey, hey, hey stop you know you have an art director you have a product manager you have an IT manager you have you know everybody has a a responsible guy for the for the different uh, topics but no one is responsible for the sound So that is weird because I know as a drummer, as a musician, it's very important that you actually use sound correctly and you can communicate in sound. And it was all up to the individual uh, art director or project manager. He felt like this was, this was a good track or we like this sound. So we just use that one here. Well, when it came to colors and visuals and signs, ooh, there was a you know head of design or head of whatever. So I just discovered that why are anyone taking sound and music as a serious um, element topic into business? And that's when I started, okay, I want to do this. And I researched about it, and there wasn't so much. But remember, this is before YouTube. YouTube came in 2006, so it didn't exist at that time. So it was mainly order logos and TV and radios. And that time we knew the McDonald's, da 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 And we knew about the Intel Bong and Yemis in Denmark and DSB, as we all know, in Denmark at least. But it wasn't really been professionalized as a topic or a, um, what do you can say, Like a discipline. Discipline that people would go to, like your company, communication company. I need help with my communication. I go to a ta-da, communication company to get help. I need help with the sound. I go to an audio company. No, it was something done with the left hand, so to say, by an agency or creative or film guy who also did some music in the free time. So, yeah. So that was why. And um, then we started that. And I, I can be honest to say when people, you know, when I ask, they ask me what I do, You do what? Audio logos? What, what is that? Uh, do, do we need that? And also, do you call up Vestas or Denske Spitz? No, no, no we, we we sell windmills or we sell cars. We we don't know. We don't need music. But today you cannot not use music 
or sound in your communication. You guys are selling communication, but you're doing a podcast. So you still need music for your podcast. So how did you find your music for your podcast, by the way? It's also you know, <laughs> something that we could discuss, if not. But it is difficult to identify. We want something that's modern and uplifting and a little bit, you know, jazzy. Well, no. What do you mean? But when we talk about colors, we're sitting in a gray couch. The back ceiling is, the carpet is, is, is black. The walls are kind of gray. We have a understanding, musical understanding what colors are. But when it comes to sound, we don't have a vocabulary. So mm. it's very difficult for people to discuss whatever, what kind of style they want. Exactly. And we definitely experienced that as well when, when kind of making the podcast and, and in the process of uh, kind of briefing uh, our sound guy to, to kind of uh, make, make this universe that, that we have created for, for Generation C. And we also experienced that our own vocabulary around sound and what we wanted it to, to sound like yeah. was uh, extremely difficult. And limited, uh, perhaps. Very limited. Yeah. Uh, and I think we also uh, were a bit of a, I would imagine, uh, annoying customer if we also look at uh, the way that we want to to get briefs and, and talk with our clients about like what is it uh, that you actually want to achieve here and where do you want to go? And then if they have a v- vague vocabulary and not so precise, then it's hard to help them. You know, vague brief, vague solutions. Yeah. So the more precise you can be. So what we're actually really doing for our clients is converting their values and brands and visions into music and sound design and also explaining where to use sound, how to use it, and why. Why are we having sound here? Because if we're not critical with the uses of sound, we believe that we are making noise, which is our whole philosophy. You know, When you're breaking the silence, it has to create more meaning than the silence itself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're disturbing people. And I think it was actually... Uh, Nokia, the old um, phone company, there's this very famous Nokia phone called 9210. I think it was before you guys know, but the Nokia tune was a very famous ringtone. And everyone wanted this, this Nokia phone back in the zeros. And Nokia has this payoff. Nokia connecting people, but because everyone had used the same ringtone, <laughs> it was Nokia disturbing people. And they couldn't get rid of that you know, tagline because it was so annoying. They overused the order logo, so it was people getting annoyed of it. So, I really love your uh, philosophy at, at Corpus. Of course, we're also uh, huge fans of generally great copy and, and great storytelling. And it seems like you've definitely put in a lot of thought to that. Oh, yes. <laughs> like when when talking about noise and like the the most scarce resource uh, by now, I would imagine the being like attention and, and lack of it, or like everyone wanting yeah. people's attention mm-hmm. and then. Sound, of course, is also a, a tool to do that. But ha- have that been the the same uh, like philosophy you've kind of lived by ever since you started? I would say um, no. In the beginning, I was more like you know selling order logos. But I later discovered actually, Carl, that I, I'm noise sensitive, sensitive to noise. Even though I'm a drummer, <laughs> it can sound contradictory. But as a drummer, I know exactly what I can expect when I'm hitting a drum. But noise that are in the room without any cause, it could be a, a TV humming or a, a sound that I cannot identify. My brain's saying, what is that? Where does it come from? And if I don't know where it is, I, I, I keep um, using my brain CPU to omit that sound and then I can focus on your, your speak. And um, I discovered that uh, 10, 15 years ago and then I started researching it and then I found there was a group of what we call s- s- uh, severe noise sensitive people and we, I think we're around <laughs> 10 or 15% of the population uh, are what we call noise sensitive. But do you think you you are noise sensitive now because of an awareness about it and you know knowledge about it or is it something that you 
were born with? I think I was born with it because I, I, I go back, so when I hear a loud sound, I get extremely angry or I get, what's that? Oh, shit, it was just the door slamming because I get so um, surprised or upset with, with loud, large sounds. And um, it, it, I have learned to cope with it. And lately I was also participating in a book by this uh, really good uh, author called Annette K. Nielsen. She's from uh, Weekendavisen, wrote this book. It's called Med på en lytter. Well, she also discussed this and interviewed a lot of people about this, that people are getting, you know, de- uh, de- addicted, podcast addicted, because they always have in-ears and because they want to omit the, the surroundings from the from the brain. So we always have in-ears and, um, and noise cancellation on if you want to have a quiet place. But the result of that is that we have a lot of people walking around in public spaces, trains and, you know, uh, workout centers, what have you not, not paying attention to the noise they make themselves or how other people are communicating. So we have these bubbles of individuals walking around as zombies. I was trying to, uh, I was getting out of the metro at the station and there was this lady standing in front of me and I just, she was standing in front of me so she couldn't see me and he had this, it was cold, we had this um, hood on. So I just, you know, excuse me lady, can I get off here? She was just ignoring me. Excuse me, lady, I need to get off here. <laughs> and then, okay, she apparently didn't hear me because she was at having ears. I have to, you know, touch her excuse me oh yeah, what i need to get off here oh sorry so what did you say so we just totally in the old world which is fine but we don't take uh, what do you call them you know attention to the surroundings am i annoying people also people sit in the, in the in the trains or cars and talking yeah blah 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 and then he did this and last week oh you should hear him i mean i don't want to be part of your personal life but you're talking in the metro and so i always book silent zones <laughs> and like i see they're always fully booked and then i look around and i see students and i see me older people just as Oh, because silence is the new luxury. And I heard that from the car uh, owner company called uh, Polestar, who went into a store and we talked about the sound design. And then I asked about, what about, the, can you alter, you know, the sound design within the car? And what about, no, 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 we we want as little as possible because silence is the new luxury. We cannot find it anywhere. And I totally agree. I mean, I also have a house in Sweden with no neighbors because I seek the silence. You cannot experience it anymore. And um, so I, I also see a trend that, you know, people are going to retreats and silent retreats. People pay thousands of kroners to go to silent retreats because they are so stressed by they're always having a train in the background or noise from the club or the up neighbors, stairs neighbors is making a noise from the babies at two o'clock in the morning or the, the tumble dryers, starts, you know, and you have this uh, dishwasher machine. You told me you lose this. When you turn it on, when it's done, it starts beep. Beep, yeah, beep, yeah. <laughs> three hours when it's after, and that's typically the time you have been or you are in bed. So I think there's also something about like, you know, many of these sounds, you know, for example, the dishwasher, you can't avoid it, but I think there's also lots of sounds that you can't actually sort of, you don't notice them, but they're just there. So for example, when you're here in, in the city, then there's a lot of sounds around you, but you you might not notice them. But then when you go to the countryside or you go to... Jutland uh, in more, you know, quiet, quiet places. places suddenly you hear the, oh, what is that? Yeah. It is as though that's like so quiet yeah. and you can relax even more. You don't know what it is, but then again, it, it is, I think, you know, the, the noise is just like at a much lower level. It's polluting us and it's called noise pollution and it's killing. I mean, you, you can look that up, noise pollution. And actually there's this map over there, it's called noise pollution map. So if you live close to a... 
uh, airport or a highway, you can see there's red, yellow, and green. So there's hardly any places where you cannot hear a human-created sound. So it's very, very difficult to find those places. Why do you think that the world has become so noisy, not just in the sense of cars and sounds everywhere, but also like from a branding perspective and companies just shouting louder and louder? I think it's a um, two things. First of all, we are also we are becoming more people, and we want to you know uh, communication and marketing has become harder. Old days, you could just make a TV commercial, radio commercial, and then people knew who you are. But today, it's a lot more difficult for brands to to get attention, to get a to to, to get heard through the noise. Yeah, heard through the noise. And how can you be relevant? And then people start to turn up. You know, listen to me. And next week we have two beers for only ninety nine bucks. I know you have beers. Don't shout at me. I know where to buy your stuff. Don't. So I think it's 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 a natural you know escalation of if you're not getting hurt, then turn up the volume. Yeah, which also uh, Jordan Jews are doing. Uh, it's called the money button. Actually, yeah. <laughs> the louder the play, uh, the, the more uh, drinks people uh, drink. Also in the bar, that's that's proven because what happens when the music's so loud and you cannot talk? What do you do then? You drink. Because you cannot talk so much, so that's how it works. So, but I do think that uh, it's becoming more complicated. You guys are the the next generation, and uh, do you watch Flow TV or do you watch you know commercials and TV? No. So how do we connect with you as a as a brand? So I'll be interesting if you'll be interested. Make an interesting podcast where I can get some information on it. Make some content that that can be relevant for me. Then I would like to listen to you. I'd like to see a film from Volvo if it's relevant about me or what have you not. But you know, I know I can buy a car. For, yes, but if you tell me relevant content, I'll be interested. Exactly. I think what we have also discovered throughout the the years of working with a lot of different types of brands is that it always comes down to the the quality or the relevance of of the story and how meaningful that is to to other people, rather than just yeah keep keep shouting uh, even louder. And I think. For me, it's actually also been a, an eye-opener that, of course, sound is also a part of the more holistic way of viewing uh, a brand and, and how it plays out. How do you see like brands in today's world can break through the noise without just turning up the volume? By intelligence utilizing the power of sound, because in a digital world, we only have two senses, hearing and seeing. I mean, you don't walk into a bank today, oh, nice couch, I like your ceiling, or you have marble over there. No, you just go on the, on the website and perhaps you download their app. So there's this all the only interface we have is hearing and seeing. And if you miss out how you sound, you're missing out 50% of the leftover band, bandwidth, so to say. And if you sound cheap, you're probably also cheap product. If your app is not working, your product is probably not working. Just because, So you're getting evaluated on your sound and your audio experiences. And I agree with you, Julius, uh, that you know, good sound to sound isn't something we notice. Really good sound to sound is something just, oh, was that? Are you doing sound to sound? What is that? You guys know Meet ED, I guess, when you have to swipe. We did the sound for that. And um, people say, are oh, there sound when you do that? Yes. How does it sound? Ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> yeah. And it has to be feeling like, we don't ask you if you like the sound. It's we ask when we t- did test this. We asked the audiences to which experience, to, we, uh, to which degree, do you experience the sound as easy to complete, something that is not complicated, etc. And this, this, yeah, this sounds something is just it's done. It's over with. It's I was I was a success. I I, I completed. The same with mobile pay. Those 
yes, the money is transferred. It's good. So it's not something you notify, but when there's bad sound design, kind of like you know, you the the, um, the uh, dishwasher or my old water boiler was screaming like a, a fire alarm when it was done. So Jesus, I can hear the water is boiling within. The, don't make a fire alarm sound. Then we're getting annoyed. So it is about to use all the brand touch points you have as a company. And people say, well, we sell communication. We don't have sound. Well, you have a podcast. Yes. You also have a phone. Do people call you up? Uh, if that's like insurance companies have a lot of phone calls, people call them, even though they don't want to have them called, but then have chatbots. Do they need a notification sound on the app? Just like, you know, a DSB ticket, the ticket has run out of time or whatever, or your transaction didn't go through. So you need these interaction sounds. Or you have a car as product or headsets. Right, guys, we're sitting, the listener can't see us, but we're sitting with on-ears, but in-ears headsets, it's kind of like the Apple or Jabra headsets. We work for Jabra as our client, and each of these in-ears has 20 different sounds, like, you know, battery low, battery almost low, very low, and um, connection, connection lost, turn on, turn off. All these informational sounds need to create instant meaning. Otherwise, you're getting annoyed. So beep, 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 what beep? What does it mean? <laughs> should I, you know, turn on again or did it lose the connection or what should I do? So it's about to create meaningful usage of sound in all brand touch points to answer your question, call. And that can be difficult because where do we use sound? So we need, first of all, we do an audit, identify all the different brand touch points. Do you use films? Yes, we produce films. How many films do you produce? Okay, what kind of films? Are they how-to films or how to change the battery in a whatever, or how to change the this or that? This is what they call low low engagement films. You just want to see something. You don't need the theme for Star Wars for presenting how to change the uh, the Aeneid bot for Aeneas. No, that would be overwhelming to watch this very engaging sound for that. But as a hero film about why are Earth still here today or we will save the world, etc. Then you can have a more engaging soundscape. So we identify different expressions of sound and music, different stylistics and also different uh, uh, intensity of sounds you need to fulfill your communication landscape. And we have clients, big clients, who has, you know, produce hundreds of films each year. So we look at them. What kind of films are, are, these? are these? Are they talking head films? Are they moving images only? Or are they instructional films? And then we create an audio identity that is suited for their communication needs, for their purpose, for their brand touch points. Mm. So that's not why we say you need an order logo. No, because you're not, never going to be on TV. You don't have a goal, goal to be recognized as, you know, da dun 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 because you, you will never be able to have that recognizability. Uh, so it all differs. And how, uh, so with all these big brands, how do you sort of convince them that they need, they need a sound identity? Do they come to that realization themselves? Or is it after talking with you that they find out that there's actually a need for this? That's a good question. I mean, either there, there are two scenarios. They come to us because either they have an employee or they know, they've worked with sound before and they know it's irrelevant for them. It, it could be they have a product, a car, or it could be a phone company or what else. Then they do know all these UI sounds, user interaction sounds for the computer company. We have Asus, as you can see on our website. They are aware of that. And if these product sounds sounds cheap, you will think this as a cheap product. So they want to be experienced as you know high quality. Okay, then you can have to have have sound that is representing high quality. That's one part of the clients that are coming to us because they do recognize they have a need. They're the ones who have a unrecognized need. And we try to educate them. 
by showing uh, by producing papers. It could be films. It could be cold calling as well. But as as the world is growing now, we see more and more brands getting uh, insights into this because, as I told you, you cannot not use sound. It's more a question of when we use sound. How do you want to use it? Should it be you know substantiating the uh, the brand? Should it help you in this or what, whatever? So all brands are using sound today. So I think we are at the stage with audio identities and strategic use of sound as we were with visual identities around 40, 50 years ago. Back in the 70s, you know, people, everybody used Ariel or Times New Roman, that was fine. But today, all companies like yourself, you have a branded T-shirt on. I can see that Julius Cobas, probably also made by somebody, graphical designer, I guess. I, I don't know. But all your colors and logos and fonts are made, designed to represent your company. And we're getting to... Uh, maturity levels today where clients says, of course we also need to have that in the sound because they also measure against the other competitors and if you look into Intel brands the top 100 uh, strongest brands of the world you see Intel bang bada badam McDonald's badan dan 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 you see Samsung all these brands you can actually recognize or know they use sound LG Ding, Sony, PlayStation, all these have icons, unique icons. So you can hear Netflix, ba-dang. So I, I can, don't get me started, I can sing all day long. <laughs> but these are unique icons. So you can hear, oh, was that HBO? Was it Netflix? Is it a Volvo car? Is it a Kia car? Like, you need to hear the difference. And and when you when you create a sound, um, I, I think me and Carl have been a bit like curious to understand like, what kind of, because we talk a lot about creativity on the yeah. podcast and, and creativity is, is not always like a linear process and it's not always the same. No. Some, they do it very intuitively. Others, they follow a, a very strict process. Yeah. When when you work with a client and you work with some of the experts on, on sound that you work with, how how do you sort of come up with, with, the, with the end result? Like how do you arrive at, you know, you know that it should be this sound for uh, for the MIDI app. How do you arrive at that? We have defined, developed a unique process so we can investigate all these different um, creative solutions possible. So it's not like just because I'm a drummer, there should be drums and no solutions. We are very very open, and we have made a process where we both use AI for testing. We have a scoring method called. Um, um, Expressional mapping, where we identify what key attributes is it you want to express with the sounds. Let's say easy is important for you, or modernity, or masculine, or hero, whatever kind of brand you have. Then we ask when we do test the sounds, we ask the listeners within the with the client and us to which degree to experience the sound as modern or feminine or whatever or or waterish, for instance. So we don't ask if you like it. So that's one of the tools we have. Then we also have AI attacking, AI tools. So we can upload the sounds to different platforms and we get some kind of, uh, of scoring and, and feedback. And together with the discussion, then we can take a selection based on, you know, rather than, I don't like this. Okay, I don't like blue. I don't like this. Okay, we don't ask if you like, but if you want to be experienced like this, like immediately and have a sound that is very simple, easy to recognize and not, um, and can be played on all different kinds of devices without being, you know, disturbing. Then the sound cannot be complex. Yeah, okay, I, I, we can understand that. So we we, we we try to also use negations. We, you cannot sound like this. So that leaves uh, us within this range of sounds or harmonies, etc. So then we also discuss, you know, 
is a recognizability you want. Then you want to have to have different um, singable notes. Da-dum, bam, bam, bam. Five to seven is known as something you can easily recall. Whereas only have one, one sound, bling. What was that? I don't know. You cannot you know, recall it because the brain needs to have more notes to, to recognize it. And if you want even strong recall, we should change your brand name. You know, da 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 Copos, da da the best communication company forever. I'm going to use that ad. Yeah, use that one. <laughs> then you say the name and the brand name in the, in the ad and then people, okay, this is Copos again. And also Yemi's, you know, it's, 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 it's a sound coming with a car selling ice cream. So there are different kinds of tools we use. So we actually... We are creative, but within a very strict process, because otherwise we will have uh, you know thousands of iterations. No, we don't like this one. We go back. So we try to create a really strong brief, and uh, together with the client, say this is what you want to achieve. Yes, and this is your media landscape where you want to communicate, and this is what you what you want to achieve. It could be recognizability, it could be suitability, whatever. All all different kinds of of of, uh, of needs and, and, and goals and then we produce within the, those goals. So it's a very strict process. So we know at the very end, yes, we are going to produce this, but you also say to our clients, we know you're going to be in doubt. Half the way through the process, oh no, I'm not sure about this. Is this the right thing? It's, just, it's very normal because it is a creative process and sometimes we produce 10 different sounds as none of them were good, but the 11th one, there it is. So it, sometimes it takes time to to remove all the noise to find <laughs> yes this is the sound and was that just it you know dun, da, da, you know yep. how, 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 why did we need to make 50 different sketches to figure that out well we have to remove all the noise to get to the core and that was it yeah and I guess it's ex exactly the same also when working with uh, for instance uh, visual identities we we have one made uh, our own made uh, together with our friends from 2010 a design agency and when we, we were through that process ourselves we also experienced that of course, it took a lot of like sketches and different directions yeah. to explore before we landed on actually where we started. And I was like, <laughs> "Is that just it?" And then that's probably the yeah. uh, sign of like, "Yes, because that is." You the have right tasted one. all the different you no know, variants in the kitchen and said, "Yes, no, I want that one there exactly. because I know it's not that one, and this doesn't suit us." Yes, that is why we want to sound like this. And also for for the um, for. Um, our clients need to communicate upwards to the bosses or CEOs. Why have we uh, chosen that sound? Well, that's because we did competitor research. All our competitors sounds like this. We have a brand that's com community this. That needs, that requires that we need to communicate in a sound space within this domain here. That is why we cannot use blues or heavy or whatever kind of style. So with this domain, we have to identify these soundscapes, soundscapes that can be deployed within in our brand touch points. And then the CEO or whatever can say, okay, I can see you've done your homework. I can see you've done your research. So you enter, So what should I choose? Yeah, we, we came up with these three very last uh, editions. So we, which one of these do you think suit us best? Then they can take a decision based on a long data-based insights, AI process. So notion, you know, what do you want? Coffee, tea, water, or yeah, I don't know. What, what, what's it for? Vodka, alcohol, non-alcohol? What, what, what are we going for? So it's a very strict process that we have developed all the time, and uh, that's also why we are we're very proud of it, and we feel that our clients also experience this. Oh, they feel safe because they buy something they actually don't, haven't done before. This this little unsecure about the process, and what do we actually end up as? How are we sure that we actually getting something that we can use? We know we are getting to that solution at the end. And I think that's super interesting as well. And I would love to to hear more about that in terms of like how do you sometimes when working with brands who maybe not have um, 
invested in, in getting a, a sound identity before. How do you talk with them about like the value of a good sound identity and what that brings to their business uh, and like the you know the benefits uh, that it uh, provides? There's several of papers explaining the benefits and the recognizability and the more efficiency of communication. If you don't use sound in your in your in your communication, it's less more effective than when you do use sound. If you use inappropriate sound, it gets less effective even more. So you need to, it's a two-edged sword here. It's a, but if you use the right sound and the right voiceover and the right tagline, whatever you're using uh, as an identifier, then you get a lot more efficient communication. And also, consistency creates trust. And what brands like is trust or and recognizability. Just like with colors, they have, you know, I can see on the, the headset I use the same logo on the packaging, on the website, on the whatever I get. The same should be with sound in some kind of way. We call that flexible consistency. There should be some kind of recognizability within sound so I can recognize, yes, this is an Apple product or this is a Jabra or this is a Volvo or this is a whatever. So I, I feel this, it's not something else. And if you suddenly went into a DSP train and it didn't go dun, 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 you say, what's this? This is just DSP? Is it Deutsche Bahn? Or what am I traveling with? You, you will get concerned because it's a strong identifier from whom you are. And if you start using it strategically, then the recognizability and the trust comes. Um, so that is why it's so important to, and, and vitally, I would say. Otherwise, you are perhaps making noise that are disturbing your communication uh, or making inefficient communication. And you guys as well, you also you live by producing effective communication. You, can you also communicate too much or wrongly? Uh, how does that affect the, the, the company's uh, image? I, I guess you guys have some 100%. thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that that sometimes often also can be like uh, something that we advise some of our clients is sometimes to to shut up or like yeah. to to really quiet, uh, yeah. you know get to the core of, of their true story and then you know stick to that and yeah. again be coherent and, and be um um you know stay in that lane rather than just going out and shouting all the different USPs that they want to communicate to the world exactly. but like really get you know uh you know, communicate. It, it is as simple as that, Carl. As I same as sound. I mean, yeah. just, um, if, if you don't have something to say, then be quiet. You know? yeah. Don't just you know. We can also play this, and we can play less. No, no, no. People get confused or get disturbed or annoyed, and then you turn down the volume, or you, you, you change your channel, or you turn off the podcast because it's not relevant for me anymore. But also, something that I, I thought about right now is that you know, which is different from text to sound. I, I guess, but people don't think about it in the same way. But for sound, this is actually more clear. But if for sound, if you have a sound logo, for example, it would be totally strange if at different channels it was a different sound, right? But for many companies that we work with, especially if they are younger companies, then they, they might have like different uh, communications channels, different social media yeah. channels, where they have different descriptions of the of the same company. If you did that with sound, you know that would that would be so strange. But but you know sometimes it's sort of you don't think about it uh, with with a company if you have a different uh, company description. I also believe that different channels need different uh, sounds because just because you have one sort or logo doesn't mean it has to sound the same in all different platforms. TikTok is for some kind of you know fun or for some uh, target group, whereas LinkedIn is something else, and YouTube and cinema is something thirdly. So we we make different versions of order logo on different soundscapes where we can play more creative with, with, in some platforms mm. and other platforms you have to be very strict to the master sound, so to say. So DSP, for instance, when we went to TikTok with them, we um, 
we really played around the don't don't know we had a really funky version of that but that's acceptable on tiktok because they were talking to um, the young people who want to go on interrail so it shouldn't be the corporate dun, 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 sound you hear in the trains but on that platform yeah that's that's suitable just like you know you dress differently in different parties are we going to your grandma's 80 years old birthday or are you go to your friends uh, what housewarming with with funky 70s yes but so you make still, like small adjustments you make adjustments but it's still julius inside of you so yeah. there has to be some kind of you know if, if every day we came to work with different hairstyles or colors and who is julius by the way what's his core uh, that's the core sound we want to find. It can be a, a hook line, it can be a melody, it can be instrumentation, it can be several things, but there has to be some kind of consistency. And I guess the same thing works for you in communication. I mean, yeah, no, of, of course, I, I imagine that it should play together with the, the visual identity and the, the core story and the, the yeah. brand identity as, as a whole, right? So it's, it should be coherent all the way around. So that makes a ton of sense. Maybe a bit of a side note, but, but I'm curious to, to hear if you have some perspectives on this. What's what's the sound that you wake up to? Do you have like any uh, like <laughs> ways of working with brands that uh, you know need to create sound for potential a bit like annoying <laughs> sounds? Yeah, I mean, uh, when we did for cars, uh, there's this you know you you're about to die. <laughs> yeah, actually, forward collision warning. Yeah, either you fall asleep behind the wheel, and it's dead, dead, dead. Oh yeah, need to wake up. Yeah. So that's a very unpleasant sound. But we want it to be unpleasant. Yeah. So we don't. <laughs> Do you like this sound? And people say no. Well, that's good. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> a fire alarm that's placed like, you know, da -dun, da -dun, da -dun, da -dun. no, you're about to die if you don't get out of the house. Probably, you know, <laughs> that would be very contradictory. So, of course, some sounds need to be very alerting and attention-seeking. But to go to, back to the rising quarter, for instance, if you take in and you don't have money or something went wrong, it says, da -da -da. I feel like I'm a mistake. Yeah. And people look at him, who's that moron who doesn't understand how to check in. Look at this guy, he's out of money in his card. Poor guy. <laughs> so you 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 get shamed by the sounds and dirt, oops. Uh, I see people just, you know, reacting like they get a electrical shock. Oop, what am I doing here? You know, am I the wrong guy here? So the sound isn't helping the user in understanding what what should I do? It's just a standard, okay. And also I did this short uh, pocket research where I I posted on LinkedIn Julius because sometimes when I'm distracted or in a hurry, I forget to check out. And like halfway from the station, did I check out or did I? I have to go back because I, I can't really recall. And then I discovered that there's the same sound from check in and check out. So the brain doesn't register delete, delete, or da ding, da ding. No, it's the same sound, da ding, da ding. So did I check out? It was the same as check in. So this is just a minor thing that is where I believe Reise Call is today the most played sound in Denmark ever. I mean, how many thousands of people are checking in with that sound? And the same sound with check out. Why haven't they, you know? So that's a yeah. good example of sound design that's not thought through, really. Carsten, can you give us like an example of your, or a few examples of like really good sounds to you? Like what, what are your favorite sounds? I have several favorite sounds. Um, I would actually say that, well, they, they, they are what we call adopted or learned sounds. Um, I think the the new Netflix sound that uh, Hans Zimmer made is really immersive and, and, and building up for a, yes, you're about to watch a really great film, stay tuned and enjoy. Is that the... <laughs> no, that's the like, short one, but okay. they have, have Zimmer made a 15-second version of it where he's building up when they have premiere films from Netflix, okay. they use a the long version one. I think that's really good. I think there's many sounds out there that are actually okay. Is uh, is is Hans Zimmer? Is he one of your your heroes within the 
the sound I think industry. He, yeah, I saw uh, yeah he's done some great uh, production of, of no doubt, and I also saw a commercial from in from BMW is a big uh, piece of prints within this Danish magazine called Person, and it was about the new electrical cars, of course. And on the front page, it says, you know, the startup sound made by Hans Zimmer. Say, so, okay, oh, wow, are we there now? They don't talk about how fast from zero to 100 or how many uh, airbags. No, we are talking about Hans Zimmer made the startup sound for this one here. So now suddenly it's getting, you know, who we also want. We want, uh, you know, Bruno Mars to make the sound for this car. We want some, because the whole car industries are in disrupt, disruption, you know, Harley Davidson, they patented this sound of the car, but that sounds like a lot of gas being produced and fuel is burned. We want an economical sound. How should that sound? A Mustang, you know, what's that without the power sound? So Porsche has this unique Porsche sound. You can buy extra when you buy an e-Porsche, you can buy the extra Porsche sports sound. So it's something you want to add as a user experience. Yeah, that's super interesting because I actually I heard uh, a podcast the other day with uh, where where um, it was this Norwegian guy called Nikolai Tangen who was uh, interviewing the the CEO of Ferrari, and they are also working like hard right now on to get the new Ferrari sound. Yeah, of course for the electric vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and they, it's like really it's not something about just having it silent. Then they need to like get it just right. So it's the the Ferrari sound of yeah, what is uh, that, an electric it? vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, we're going into a space where we have no references, so people are looking to Star Wars or something, you know, spacey films, because what should the sound are? And today there is a law that all e-cars should produce an external sound when they drive below, I think it's 18 kilometers per hour. So, so cyclists can hear them. So and, pe- pedestrians, yeah. cyclists, people can hear them, and also blind people can hear them, because otherwise they can, they can go around the streets like ninjas. <laughs> there was actually a lot of uh, accidents in California on, on uh, shopping malls markets, because when... People drive very slow around to find a parking place. And if you're blind or disabled or not paying attention, suddenly, oh, damn, I didn't hear it because you kind of hear the cars coming. They're just ninching around. But after 18 kilometers, you can hear the tires on the gravel or on the asphalt. So it is mandatory today. But then how should we sound? You know, Fiat also got a new sound design. I hear that. So all brands in the future will have a special sound design. And perhaps you can altered just kind of like you skin your phone you can skin your car I want something else uh, listen this is how it sounds in the old days my son oh that's fun this is how you want to start Star Wars as you sound like you know Waterworld what should we sound like you know but also imagine the the soundscape you can have in the cities when all cars are playing different it will be terrible if they all want to be you know playing Jingle Bells or Star Wars or Star Trek what have you not do you think that they'll at some point have to agree collectively within all like uh, the car industry that these, this is the sound that we are going to use all of us I, no I don't think so because it will be turned off after 18 kilometers but imagine in a, in the rush hours all all cars are you know, playing slowly and suddenly you have this cacophony because they're playing C major they're playing <laughs> F major and but today we have this, you know, car noise. So I think we just be getting adjusted to. So now we are approved this and and all the mopeds and different cars and trains and motorcycles. The same will be in the future. But that said, I think we have a unique unique situation now to design the order landscape in the cities. Yes. So what should we accept? For a pleasant sound. For a pleasant, uh, you know, we also have noise cancelling asphalt nowadays. If you try driving on a car and suddenly you hear and the pavement shades. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, the, and you have an e-bike as well. Yeah. So, and you have, when you have ringing the bell, what does it sound like? You know, so we have this, so we need to be attention, pay attention and also 
appreciate, you know, okay, just because we can make a sound doesn't mean we have to. When should we be silent? When should we have a small, unique, nice uh, sound landscape? So I think it's it obligates for citizens and for us to make a pleasant soundscape. I definitely don't want to be the person where my kid says, Dad, it was you who polluted the world with all these different noises. Look at us. Now we have this. I want to be, you know, the guy who has this, this memory that, okay, you helped us removing the noise, uh, created awareness, and now we have bikes and uh, scooters and uh, why have we not? That sounds pleasant. Yeah, so that's my personal goal. How do you think the the future is going to look like in terms of sound? Do you think that it's going to, you know, be more and more silent or do you think that the the silence is something that uh, companies are going to take advantage of and and fill that out with new sounds or how how do you think the the future is going to look like? I hope that there will be a more awareness about, you know, the silence and people will choose companies that doesn't make noise just like we choose companies that doesn't pollute or we can see, you know, what's your how much do you pollute or How is this product made? Is it eco-friendly or whatever? All these stuff. Are you making a lot of noise? I don't want to participate in a company that are, 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 that are noisy. I don't want to buy products that makes too much noise. So I hope a, a raised awareness will help us on my quest too. You know, I don't want a completely silent world. That's not my goal. But a more pleasant where we don't shout and people have to wear anti-noise cancellation in trains and public places and workout. I do workout, even though you might not see it anymore. But a lot all. 80% of people are having their own audio scape, music scape, and you cannot talk to anyone. They just walk around in old bubbles and they're just thrown with the weights and making so much noise for other people who don't have. So I also have to wear anti-noise cancelling. Suddenly we also have to wear these helmets because we don't say, uh, um, we're not polite with how we sound. So I hope this, you know, more awareness, discussion like this, more books are coming out and better products mm-hmm. and suddenly you hear if you buy a phone this sounds cheap no I'll choose that one this car doesn't sound right we will choose the other one so we choose as much with our ears as we do with our eyes I, I could imagine that we also get more uh, noise sensitive because the, the quality of the sound that we get is improving for example our headphones earphones yes. etc you're right it's getting much better so that also means at least me personally I think you know as the years goes by I get more noise sensitive because I've for example gotten used to having my noise cancellation yeah. uh, airpods in my ears quite yeah. often and also if you just like you're watching a 4k film you're used to this kind of quality if you suddenly get a film that's you know poorly produced this sounds weird looks weird because it's, it's, it's only in stereo not in 3d and it's only with a in 2k so we are getting more and more um um used to this high quality and then suddenly if a brand goes to market whoa this sounds kind of like something from Toys R Us or whatever then you would say no this is not it this should be the new level so by hiring the bar the standards of what do we accept what does users uh, requests and require I think we'll have a better sounding world um, I, I just want to maybe take this uh, another place Um We we uh, we talked, Carsten, uh, before uh, the conversation today uh, about your whole journey and and you, um, you know, you've been through a lot uh, through the years, uh, and and you even went through a, a bankruptcy yes. at one point back in 2010. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about uh, that whole period and and what you you learned from it? Well, the, the main takeout was that you know. We didn't. I didn't have haven't experienced a bank crash like that before. I don't think 
many people had at that time because it was the biggest one since 1929. And when it was came rolling, I wasn't fast enough to 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 fire my employees and to to cut down expenses because I, how could this be so bad? A bank in the U.S., you know. And but suddenly it all just you know. And uh, I stick to my usual business, but suddenly all my clients they just stop from. One day, so you know, no, we cannot continue. We have to cut down all expenses. Everything has been locked. So it's kind of like, you know, lockdown with Corona. Bang, 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 bang. No revenue at all. Jesus, what to do? And um, so that was a hard learning. But after we went bankruptcy, obviously, and I started up the day after with the new name uh, and started again. But, but for that time, I've been a lot more cautious about, you know, having a positive revenue and make sure that we don't grow too fast and then, uh, Look at the markets. What's going on here? Also, Corona gave me some actually some feelings like, oops, it's the same coming to happen to me again. So I was very you know sensitive about you know, not hiring anyone. Just oh, can we go through this? So um, be more humble, yeah, and more old school. You know, don't grow too fast and on on borrowed money. If you can, you need to pay them back. Yeah. So fundamentally, fundamentally, you've like run your business differently from that point on or, or like how more conservative more uh it's a with with with, um, with no loans and no investors no we all um, funded by ourselves and uh, having a healthy business today and also you cannot you know things happens corona suddenly oh we have a restaurant yes but that's what happens life is what happens uh, or 192009 uh, the bankruptcy what that's what is happens or, or war in ukraine damn what you, uh, that happens so you need to be very you know humble and adjust quick to what happens around the world and then then uh, lower lower your cost and make sure you can get through the crisis because there's also always light on the other side and i would say corona helped us to do a more digital process. Before that, we also have to meet people face-to-face, but now all our clients are, 90% are, are, are foreigners, other side of Denmark, and we do all our workshops, deliverables, only online. So it forced us to to grow and uh, to use different platforms to to serve our clients. So today we're actually, we are happy that that happened because it it gave us a bigger market than uh, that we thought we would have. So... Be humble and also look at the changes as okay. What should we do now? Don't don't fight against the windmills. You know, don't fight against uh, what happens in the world. How can we adopt to this in a clever way and be you know fail but fail faster than do something else? Uh, mm. Don't just stick to your own. We used to do this. We want still want to do this the same way. Well, if you're sitting on a horse that is dead, then get off. <laughs> so that's my short answer. Yeah. And um, and today it seems like you know you are you are thriving and and you're having a good time and you're doing what you love. Um, yeah. We uh, we're always quite curious to hear more about like what defines the the good life for for the people that we speak to. Uh, not maybe in the sense of you know lying on on a on a beach in the Bahamas, yeah. but more like you know on a daily basis. What uh, how does the good life look to you? Work life balance. You asking to guess, Julius? It's it's changed over the years. If you're young people, young person, you have 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 different uh, work life balance. I would say today, I regret that I wasn't more home with my oldest son when I was a, a, a younger. I can see that he has gone the worst version of of Carsten as that as my youngest daughter has, because I was too has my head up to my own ass too much, working too much to want to do. I just need 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 this email. So today I will probably be a different father. So today it's important for me that yes, we reach our goals and ambitions, but is we we don't get to the goal correctly 
if two of my colleagues are stressed, one has left the company and one got a divorce, and I'm all p- partly sick because I have to, you know too high blood pressure. But we we got the bottom line in terms of finance. That's not the goal because I'm 50 years old now. I still want to work till I'm 80. Perhaps not so much, but if I burn out, you know, you, you cannot come back. So I think it's important that we we balance it by we have home working days. Uh, you can you know flex time. So all of our employees have working home from Fridays. We also talked about you only work four days a week, or should we flex it? What what suits you? Because one might get a kid, and then he needs to be more home. One says, no, I, I need to be more away from home. <laughs> you never know. So be <laughs> flexible, you know. And because we do what we do, we can actually, we can adjust that. We are so lucky we don't have to sit in a counter in, in a store. Today we're sitting in my house working. Yes, we are actually working. And uh, next week, um, an algebraic consultant might say, I need to focus on this. I'll work from home in, in my own studio or from my house because I need to do the sound design. Yes, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean... So this flexibility gives a lot of freedom and freedom gives more pleasant uh, people, I believe. So, And also be able to adjust that as you go along. So that's the work balance for my is, you know, what do I need right now? And also sometimes I do yoga, you know, in, in the morning from 9 to 10. I come in at office later because otherwise I, we also have clients from China or the US, six hours plus minus the other way. So we need to be, uh, you know, adjustable for that. And, and I also say to my colleagues, Remember to work out. Do your basketball. Don't don't just sit at the office and, and work because we, we don't get more efficient or creative by only working. That's not my experience. That's a good advice. Thank you for a fantastic conversation. You're welcome, Julius. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carl. It was a pleasure having you here in my living room. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> we really did. That was it for our conversation with Carsten. We hope that you have enjoyed it. And as always, you can find more information about Generation C on your favorite podcast app and on our website, copus.dk. My name is Julius. And my name is Carl. And you've listened to Generation C. Generation C.